0: up if you've worried at all this week, be honest. (laughs) You've had some degree of anxiety. You know, it's easy to say, well, the Bible says be anxious for nothing. But yeah, we live in a world that is pretty turbulent. And it causes us to really, or rather it should, to really press into him. Amen? You know, I believe that God's people should be the people with the most hope. He who has the most hope has the most influence. And God's people, everything that the church does should, be, should leave a trail that leaves people glistening with hope. Because he's the God of hope. Amen? That's why you could say, well, and I'm, this isn't a political statement, but whether you were for or you were against Trump, pray for those who are in authority. Let me read this to you, and this will comfort you. This is in 1 Timothy chapter 2. It says, I urge you then, first of all, Paul says, I urge you then, first of all, that requests and prayer and intercession and thanksgiving. Everyone say thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Be made for everyone, for the kings and for those who are in authority. That we may live peaceful and quiet lives and in all godliness and holiness. This is good and it pleases God, our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Isn't that wonderful? That's a good, simple instruction. Whether, whatever you, whether you are disappointed or whether you are elated at what happened this week, the instruction is to the church, hey, pray for those in, those in authority. You know, the Bible says the heart, a ki- the heart of a king is in the hand of the Lord. Jesus, that's why everything, every little thing is going to be okay. If we believe that Jesus is ruling and reigning at the right hand of the Father, he's seated in heavenly places. He's not biting his nails. He's not anxious. He's not wondering how it's all going to end. If you read the end of the book, we win. (laughs) It just gets better. The path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter. And you know, you can choose to be, uh, look, through, look at through a lens of negativity or we say, God, I look above that to you, the king of kings, and I'm going to believe it's going to be okay. And therefore, because I look at you, I'm going to cast all my cares upon you and I'm going to be anxious for nothing. You know, all control comes from anxiety. All control comes from fear and they're like twins. Fear and anxiety. But perfect love casts out fear. So when we know the God who's perfect loving, that drives out fear in us, and suddenly we're connected to a God that loves us, that accepts us, that we walk as sons and daughters, as Jeremy said earlier, all creation is waiting with eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. And we're on a series, if, you, if you've been just with us these last few weeks, on leadership. And leadership, by definition, is influence. And I believe that all creation as Romans says, is waiting for the influencers, for the church to rise up and take her place. Right. That the world will say, as it says in Isaiah 2, teach us your ways, O people of God, that the church will have the answers. Yes. And so you think, well, how will that possibly happen with this president or that president or this prime minister? That's not, that's, we can pray beyond that. To the, the king of kings and say, God, we just thank you. Lord, change the heart of that person. Lord, bring that person. You know, when if you bless, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. You know, in the, the world's way is then punish them, rebuke them, pull them down. God's way is, hey, be kind to them. Bless them. Speak blessing on them. What's the fruit of that? It leads, us to, leads them to repentance. Amen. I was blessed by the prayers that were, were, were prayed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I was like, come on. This is fantastic. It could have been a lot worse than that. Somebody praying to some other God. But it was to the one and only true God that was prayed over for this nation. Going back, to, That's awesome. I love it. The gospel was preached by Franklin Graham. This is great. God is on the move. And I believe he's honoring the foundations of this nation. You know, it's a bummer if we're always trying to pray for God to take us out when we later realize he actually gave it to us to change. (laughs) God's given us this world to bring change to. He's like, Lord, take us out, deliver us. He's like, God is more interested in developing us than delivering us half the time. Paul says, I make it my goal that Christ may be fully formed in you. That the church will rise up to be strong, to be healthy, to be mature, to be the head and not the tail. We're not just waiting for an escape plan, for the mothership to come and beam us up. Oh, we've made it. We just Everything's getting worse. I, don't, I believe it's going to get better and better. The path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter until the full light of day. Now watch this. It's going to get darker because the darkness will get darker. But guess what? Light always overcomes darkness. If you want to come overcome darkness, turn on the light. Turn on the light. No fear here. We pray it through our house. No, this is a no fear zone. One of our children's not here right now. He's gone out, had a nightmare this week. Came in and just terrified. I said, let's walk through the whole dream. Oh, I could hardly even say it. I said, I want, I want you to say it. Oh, he sat between fee and I sat in our bed, went through it, said this happened. Just oh, crying. She said, stop, hit pause. Like, okay, is that true? No. So it's a lie. Yes. Okay, keep going. Uh, and then this happened. Stop. Is that true? No. So it's a lie. Yes. Okay, keep going. And we went through. So like, there's a lot of lies in there. And we identify all the lies. And we say, we're going to get rid of all. None of those are true. He is the father of lies, but we serve the Prince of Peace. <laughs> and so we just destroyed all those lies. They had no power on them, any of them, because they're just lies. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. That didn't happen. That's never happened. That's never gonna happen. That's all lies. So he said, Satan, you're a liar. We don't want you, you're not allowed in this house anymore. You get out and you take your lies with you. I said, if it happens again, when you wake up and the enemy tries it, you can say, that's a lie, get out. But sometimes the enemy doesn't want us to know how much authority we have. But church, we have so much authority. Jesus says, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. The enemy has power, but he doesn't have authority. He does not have authority. Jesus says, I've given you authority over that power and authority always wins over power. Amen. All right, so I want to encourage you, whatever you feel about the election, whatever you feel about our president, I would encourage you, pray for those in authority. Pray for those. You say, well, I just think this is going to happen now. Well, let's just pray for them right now. Father, we thank you that you're the king of kings, that you are above every name. You're above every title that can be given. We thank you. That's who you are, Lord. And we just pray and we decree right here into the White House, into our governments, into the people in authority. Pray for them. Pray with petitions and thanksgiving. Thank God for them. Lord, say thank you for putting this person, and thank you for putting that person. Thank you. Thank you. Amen? Amen? Come on. Amen. Wonderful. Okay, um, just very quick, if we can, can we put up the screen, uh, on the screen, Hope, um, the conclusion to the Ten Commandments? I think we did them two weeks ago. Um, Hands of you were here two weeks ago, and we talked about Ten Commandments of Leadership. And uh, here's the first one, just to recap very quickly. Thou shalt love, that was the word. The acronym is leadership, just to be different. And there were Ten Commandments. Um, the E was for example. Everyone say example. A was for accountability. D was for decisions. Um, e was for enc- to encourage. Thou shalt encourage thou thyself. Um, D, no, sorry, R. I, need, I haven't got my glasses with me today. R was for um, responsibility. Responsibility is the ability to respond. S was for stand. Thou shalt stand for that which is true. Um, H was thou shalt walk in humility. Um, I Thou shall always believe in the impossible. We heard that today. Amy and Taylor, it was just such an amazing story and just testimony of, of believing the God of the impossible. To believe for the impossible. I love that, to push the boundaries, say, no, we're going to believe. We're gonna, you know, we cannot let, allow our lives to be hinged on whether we're feeling all right or we're not feeling all right. Whether God answers prayers or he doesn't answer our prayers in the time that we think that he should. I am not going to base my life, church, we cannot base our life on anything but the word of God. Well, I prayed for somebody and they didn't get healed. I prayed for somebody else and they died. Okay, that, understand that. But we're going to believe in a higher reality than that. This is what God's word says. But I'm disappointed. Understand that. But we're going we're to, we're, we, Paul says it like this. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary. Everyone say temporary. temporary. But what is unseen is eternal. Therefore, God, I, I'm disappointed. God, I'm at that hurt. God, I don't understand. You know, it's good to be brutally honest with the Lord. That's why the Bible says, when you pray, go into a room and close the door. In other words, close off all the other voices, all the other choices, and talk to your heavenly Father who's there in secret. And I'm not talking, please don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about being angry with God. I told God what I really felt about him. Yeah, I wouldn't do that if I were you, but I would encourage you to be brutally honest with the Lord. I want my kids to be really honest with me as their dad. I don't want to be like, well, I don't want to, I've got to respect my dad. Yeah, you can respect me, but you're your father, but you can still be really honest. Dad, that really hurt. Dad, I'm so disappointed. Do you hear what I'm saying? And he's a dad. He's our heavenly father. And he can hear us and listen to us. All right, believe in the apostle. And finally, thou shall watch thy life and progress. Everyone say progress carefully as Paul writes to Timothy watch your life and your progress carefully it's important church that we keep moving forward god wants us to grow everything in the kingdom grows he wants us to go from one degree of glory which is his nature to another to go from faith to faith god wants us to, god wants us to prosper and so really god wants you to prosper he does. He wants us blessed, about four of us. That's great. I'm with you. I'm going to be number five because I want to prosper too. The rest of you, I don't know what's going to happen. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Today, I'm going to do another, I'm going to start another um, Ten Commandments. and We'll see how far we get. we got this week and next week. Um, and we're just going to talk about it a little bit. Is that okay? So, these commandments, um, instead of thou shall, they're thou shall not. They're not negative but thou shall not. Are you ready? We're going to put them up. Can we put the first one up, Hope? Ten Commandments of Leadership, Thou Shall Not. These are from a series I put together recently on being a people of influence. I believe there, if there was any other time in history for the church to really rise up and know who she is, it's right now. It's right now. I talked to my parents this week and uh, I said, uh, we were with Mike and Penny and they said, oh, I heard a, a bomb went off uh, where they're living. I won't say where they're living and... And so I, I, I was Sky, hadn't talked to them for a long time. And I was just, we were Skyping, and it was a bit fuzzy. And I said, I heard, I heard a bomb went off and that 60 people were killed. They said, when was that? I said, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> they both laughed. They said, Sand bombs go off every day. <laughs> I was like, oh. I said, yeah, 38 people were just bombed on our street. Our staff saw it happen, car bombs. We're living in a war zone. So it's, it's escalating more and more and more and more. The school which they run for children has just closed down because they're too scared for, them to, for their children to be anywhere near a foreigner's house. You know, we live in turbulent times. And that's what the Bible says. In the last days, nation will rise against nation. There'll be wars. There'll be rumors of wars. There'll be earthquakes. All creation itself is groaning. There's a stirring in creation, waiting for what? For the sons of God to be revealed, to stand up. And I believe that even as we heard from Amy and Taylor, that's just a picture of being an example. And it's stepping out and saying, God, I'm just going to believe for the impossible. I can't do this on my own, Lord. You know, and it's when we believe in the impossible that the miracle of God happens. You know, I believe in marriage, it's husbands love your wives as Christ does the church, when we lay down our lives, I've never met a woman that didn't want to submit to her husband whose husband didn't love her like Christ loved the church. (laughs) But when you see a husband who's completely dead, see, marriage isn't 50-50, it's 100% each way. And when we both do it God's way, that's when the miracle happens. That's why in Ephesians 5, Paul says, and he, he looks like he's talking about a marriage seminar, he goes, but anyway, I'm talking about a great mystery and I'm talking about Christ and the church. The mystery is revealed when we do it God's way. We just celebrated 20 years of marriage this last week. (laughs) And I love this woman more today than I ever have. She's just awesome. My best friend on the planet, and she's just amazing, and I just love her. And I always tell her, I love you, and she goes, I know. (laughs) Yeah. It's true. Anyway, I don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway, we're gonna so. So today, thou shalt not. Um, can you put the first slide up? Let's just go through some of these. Thou shall not lead beyond thy limits. Everyone say limits. And hope if we can put the uh, first slide up there uh, for the text, rather. So the first commandment. And it says this this is um, Romans 12, verse 3. For the grace given to me, I say to every one of you. This is Paul writing to the church, to the Roman church. Um, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance to the faith that God has distributed to each of you. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. You know, this is a great, you know, each one of us has been given a limitation by God. Each one of us has been given what I call a G-I-L, a God-imposed limitation. God has given each one of us a proportion or a measure of faith. And it's really important that we know that and that we don't try and lead beyond that. And I want to be really careful here because it's going to sound like I'm saying two things at the same time. It's important that we know our limits, but it's also important that we continue to increase our limits and grow our limits. Amen? You know, in 1952, the first person in history boat beat the four minute mile. And they went to Beech and Cliff. Did you know that? Yeah. Did you go to Beech and Cliff? Jeremy went to a school called Beach and Cliff, which is where the area we grew up in a pla- in a place called Bath, as you know, in the in England. And uh, it, think about this: no one had ever beaten a four minute mile ever in the history of time. And he went to the same school that Jeremy went to school to school at in England. And so think: for thousands of years, no one on record has ever beaten the four minute mile, and. Physiologists said it was impossible, it's physically impossible to break the four-minute mile, to run four, run a one mile in less than four minutes. The, the human body cannot do it. But Roger Bannister, in 1952, from the wonderful nation of England, <laughs> from our hometown called Bath, beat the four-minute mile by he he ran it in 59 seconds point just like a fraction below 4 minutes so it's 3 minutes 59 seconds point something, something something but he beat it and doctors were just shocked that this because they said it wasn't humanly possible you know by the by 1957 16 people beat that record. What's my point? Belief. To believe for the impossible. To know our limits, but to push our limits. To go from one degree of glory to another. So I'm saying, thou shall not live beyond thy limits. Know your limitation, but then enlarge your limitation. And that takes steps. It takes progress. It takes a journey. Amen? Amen. And each one, I believe God wants us to push our limits, to grow our capacity, to go from one degree of glory. And was it the distance of the track? No, I don't think it was the distance of the track. It was more the distance of resistance between the two ears. That most of the time, it's the resistance of our own belief system. And we believe wrong. We've been told you can't do it. We've been told for thousands of years, it's not possible. But if we will believe in the God of the impossible and know our limits, but then push our limits and break the limits by faith, I believe that will be part of all creations waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. That we will stand up and say, we've broken the limits. That's impossible. How did you know that? It was a word of knowledge. How did that person get healed? Uh, we just laid hands on them, and they just got healed. But so many people have been, have been healed, have, been, have prayed for that person, and they never got healed. But can you see, suddenly, our belief system starts getting messed with, and we say, I don't believe, I I'm just, I'm just can't. I, and suddenly, that childlike faith that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, that if my dad says, we're going to the park, we're going to the park, they don't think of eight reasons why it probably won't happen. They just believe we're going to the park. Why? Because dad says we're going to the park. There's no reason to think. Maybe he doesn't have enough gas. Maybe he'll have to make another phone, go on a phone and he won't be able to come. No, when my kids are growing up, if dad says something, that's going to happen. Yeah. But then we get jammed and we get stuck and we get intellectually offended at God. And some, often, sometimes we don't even know it. We're like, well, God never did this. God, but Hang on, hang on, hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Back up. God, I'm not going to be intellectually offended at you. I'm not going to charge you with wrongdoing because you're the God that cannot lie. But God, I just choose. I'm not going to look at what I see in the natural. I'm going to believe you for the impossible. I remind you of the story which you all know so well of Mary Mary Washgo sitting here who couldn't smell or taste for 17 years. And Lily, their daughter, laid hands on them one night when they're watching TV. And the next day, she could smell and she could taste. And that's still the case today. Is that right, Mary? You can still taste and you can smell. that, that And your allergies were healed. That's a God of the impossible. But it took Lily with a childlike faith to say, I'm just going to believe God. He's the God that heals us. <laughs> this is so simple, and yet it's, we've made it so complex thousands of years, no one beats the four-minute mile. Within a few years, 16 more people. And today, it's been beaten uh, time and time again. Why? Because we went beyond our limits. It's important that we know our limits. Say limits. You know, if we overextend ourselves, a bow and arrow, the more you pull it back, the more you extend, the more power it has. But there's a point of overextension. And if you overextend, the bow and arrow is completely useless. Even the arrows are useless, even though they're not broken. Why? Because the bow is. Why? Because it was overextended. It's important that we know our limits and we grow in the grace of God. Paul, at the end of his letter, says, and finally grow in the grace of God. Grace isn't here just the, the, the use of the word grace is not unmerited favor. Here, the, what Paul is ta- when he's talking about grace, he's talking about supernatural empowerment. By the grace given to me, I laid a foundation. By the grace given to me, I did this. By the grace of God given to me, I did that. It's by His grace. God's apportioned us grace. He's given each one of us grace. Is that true? Amen. It's wonderful to see the grace of God on somebody else's life there's a there's a in the psalms david says this and i i I always find it gives me great comfort he said this i do not concern myself with things too great for me (laughs) you know there are certain things that i just don't mess with i'm not good at them i'm not gifted them i'm not graced in them and so i just don't mess with them you know that's a wonderful thing to do it's called humility arrogance is just believing we can do everything the only person that can do everything is jesus but he's given you a gift. He's given each one of you here in this room. Each one of us, he's graced us. And we need to find that grace, to find that measure, to find that portion. And humility is having an accurate assessment of who God says you are. But when someone says, you're really good at that, say thank you. It's like, oh, just it, was, it wasn't me, it was the Lord. It's like, yeah, it wasn't that good. <laughs> yeah. All right. If you can't handle the dishes in the sink, more won't help. Listen, each one of us here needs to grow in our capacity. If the dishes in the sink are just freaking you out, more won't help. If your life right now is just, you are just freaked out. I cannot take any more. I'm just done. I just, I can't take another thing. It's like, well, more won't help then. Right, exactly. But can I just encourage us to find the grace of God to do what is in front of us? And that's where I'm talking about knowing your limits. Saying, Lord, I just want to change the world. You know, this is, there's not very millennials, very many millennials here today, so I'll, I'll just be... But so, so often I meet people who are millennials, and they're just always tired. Really? what exactly makes you tired coming back from bath is in the evening congregation is like 200 plus young people how you doing man tired it's like do you have a job no i'm gonna i don't need the lord told me not to get one of those it's like okay anyway i'm not gonna go there um i think i just did what makes you tired listen but we've got to, we've got to gr- go from one degree of glory to another. We must keep moving and expand and grow our limits and our spheres. Amen? It's really, really, really important. <laughs> if we're faithful with little, God will put us in charge of much. Can I say this as well? I was talking to Joan Moisurek before the meeting about this, that, um, that we need to be careful that when God is got somebody in a process, when God has got somebody in a place where he is developing, everyone say developing, that we don't try and deliver them. I said this earlier, God is more interested in developing us than delivering us. It's like, a, it's like a, do you remember the old dark rooms where you developed a picture? You know, the picture's already been taken. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the first and the last. He's the beginning and the end. He sees us and when God reads our lives, he, he, he starts, at the back, starts at the end and works backwards. Because <laughs> he knows it's going to end. You know, the lamb was slain before the foundation of the earth. That's a pretty forward-thinking God. That he would have a plan for man's, for creation, knowing that they would mess up, that he would have a plan to fix their sin so that he'd get back on track before he ever even created man in the first place. Wow. Before God even created the earth, he already had a plan for man who he would put on the earth, who would mess up. He had a plan for their redemption. The, the lamb was slain before the foundation of the earth. Wow. Amazing, isn't it? God is a huge, forward-thinking God. Do you remember the story of the caterpillar? You know, a caterpillar goes, or rather the, what do you call it? Yeah, the caterpillar goes into a chrysalis. Yes, and then it has to push its way out in the cocoon, and then the little boy who was the the poor little caterpillar, and he went and helped the caterpillar, who was becoming a butterfly. And when he got there, he's like, wow, it's a butterfly. And the butterfly fell out onto the floor and died. Why? Because part of the process of a caterpillar becoming a butterfly, if they have to push, and it's that pushing, and it's that tension that develops the muscles in the wings for the butterfly to be able to fly. God is more interested in developing us than delivering us. The picture's already been taken. If you open the door and say, I've just i got to get this picture out. I want to see it. And suddenly it's overexposed and you can't see the picture properly. The butterfly will never be able to fly. And I believe we need to be careful that when God has got someone in process, that God is, God is, is developing someone that we don't try and deliver them prematurely. Because it was actually that process of pushing that Christ was actually being formed in us. I think I said this before, but there's been times in my life where God has silenced the ears and closed the eyes of my closest friends in order for me to go to the only person that can help me, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Because so often our friends will deliver us when God wants to develop us. None of this is in my notes. I just, I'm just going with it today. But guys, we just in knowing our limits, we, can't, we, we need to know our limits, but then we need to press through our limits. We need to say, hey, listen, if, if the dishes in the sink are stressing me out, then more won't help. But let me learn to deal with the dishes in the sink, and then God will give us more. He's, if we're faithful with little, he'll put us in charge with much. Sometimes it's like, I might say to our kids, the boys need to do that. My kids aren't in right now, so it's good. The boys need to do that. Oh, no, they're tired. No, 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 no. They need to do this. Boys, come downstairs, please. Can you do all of this? It's like, it's developing them. It's developing. It's training them. It's training them. Hey, you need to learn to do this. You need to learn to do that. When I was growing up, man, on Saturday morning, I got a list of things to do. I'm one of five kids. It's like, you're going to do this. You're going to do this. Man, we were there till 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon before we were allowed to go and play. And I'm not saying that that was necessarily right, but there's definitely a rightness in it. <laughs> All right. So thou shalt live, not lead beyond thy limits. Number two. Number two. I actually developed this for, for a number of leaders and pastors of different churches. So, but I believe, um, as we're talking in this series on influence, that it's so, so important that it's like teaching on eldership. It's like an elder must not be given too much wine. He must not be this and he must not be that. It's not, it's not that Paul is saying, if you're not an elder, oh, you don't worry about it. <laughs> Wives also, say they mustn't be malicious talkers or gossips. Oh, you're not an elder's wife. That's fine. Or you're not not an elder. It's fine for you. No, what Paul is saying is saying, hey, here's the standard of a godly man and woman. This is what an example should look like. It's like, oh, well, I don't have to do that because that's just for them lot. No, we're all influencers. Men, all creation is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. Amen? So here's the second one. Thou shall not build an empire For thyself. Here's the scripture. Genesis chapter 11, verse 4. And they said, Come, let us build for ourselves a city, a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the earth. Come, let us build for ourselves. Everyone say, for ourselves. Babel, they build something for themselves, by themselves, for their own glory. And God came down and confused their languages. And he says, I'm not interested in you building something for you, by you, for your glory. I'm interested in you building something for me, by me, for my glory. And Babel never happened. They said, come, then we will not be scattered over the earth. But God's purpose is he said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. They were trying to stop and not do what God told them to do. And church, as a a ministry, we're going out, we're extending, and sometimes it's uncomfortable and it's inconvenient. But you know, we have an audience of one. We've got to continue to extend the kingdom. The kingdom is the the domain of the king. Wherever Wherever the kingdom, wherever the will of God is done, there the kingdom has come. Wherever there's righteousness established, the kingdom's come. Wherever the love of God is established, there the kingdom has come. Where there's children loving, there the kingdom has come. And planting out and extending the kingdom is so important. You know, in different, two of the other life churches, we're in St. Louis and in, and in, um, in Morris in uh, March. Um, we're going to be setting in and laying hands into eldership for, for different couples to come into eldership. So exciting, so fantastic. That the government of God will be established. Okay, so... It's really important that we don't build something for ourselves. We're not trying to build an empire for ourselves. We are, it's our vision statement to build a radical, relevant church that empowers people to express God's heart. Our purpose, our vision is to express God's heart. The testimony we heard today of Amy and Taylor was expressing God's heart. God wants people, him to, be, to encounter his love, to encounter his goodness, to see heaven come to earth as it is in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. When we, Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew 6, let your kingdom come, let your will be done right here on earth as it is in heaven. Every time we are conduits of that, we're seeing the kingdom come. We're seeing his will done. Amen? So we mustn't build an empire to, to ourself. You know, and this, just break this down into just church life. It's so important, even in our own worship, that worship doesn't just become all about us. You know, I did not like worship today. Well, it wasn't for you. Well, I didn't like the song. It was too loud. It was too quiet. But I would just encourage you, music doesn't equal worship. <laughs> worship doesn't equal music. But as, you know, when I... When I'll just be really honest, when I'm looking at eldership and leaders, I'm always looking for worshippers. Who are the worshippers? Worship leaders, people on worship teams, are they worshippers? In the sun on a congregation, where they that? I wouldn't be doing it like that. It's like what? You're an example of God's people as we push into heaven to lead God's people to be an example. So come up here. Come on. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming higher. There's more. There's more. And pfft, that actually, it, 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 you're, an, it, you're, you're making people want to worship God. You're so on fire that your other people will just come just to watch you burn. And wherever you light, when there's fire, you just, you're just touching other people and pfft, they're coming on fire. You know, let me give, I'll give you a little example, right? In, on a Sunday morning, if you're worshipping God like this, just and I'm not saying worshipping God quietly is, is wrong. Please, I'm not saying that. But just try this. as a little test on your own. Start worshipping really loud, and you'll feel the volume go up around you. Because it's, it, you'll ignite the person. It's like, oh, my gosh. If everybody's just going like this, drinking their coffee like, whatever. Yeah, uh, really tired. Don't like this song. Are we really going to sing this again? wow how long are we going to sing this for this is a really old song but if we're like god i just you know it's sometimes it's a sacrifice of praise it's like you know i just god we praise him for what he's done but we worship him for who he is praise is thanks by definition praise is thanks But we worship him just for who he is. It's like, God, I'm just going to worship. It's a sacrifice of praise. It's a sacrifice of worship. Sometimes it's a sacrifice to lift your hands. You know, I believe God is more glorified when we worship him in the bad times than when in the good times. It's like, God, I don't know what's going on. Lord, I'm disappointed. God, I'm discouraged. I'm distracted. I don't know what's happening. Everything is falling apart. But God, I just know that you're a good God. I'm going to worship you. That's a sacrifice of praise. That's a sacrifice of praise. Like, God. That's why the uh, by D- David said, "I will bless the Lord, all oh my soul." I will. He's saying, soul, mind, emotions, your, your body. You you speak to your body, so you're going to worship yeah. the Lord today. Yeah. Right. You know, we're trying be we serve a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but we are triune beings—spirit, soul, and body—and it's only our spirit that's going to heaven. <laughs> that's why we need to speak to our body, the rest of our being, our spirit, and our soul. And say uh, our soul and our body, and say, "Hey." Let's get moving. We're going to worship the Lord today. Oh, I'm just tired. That's why Paul says this in Romans. The mind, everyone say your mind, controlled. We don't like the word control, but this is what the Bible says. The mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. How do you want life and peace? Then allow your body and your soul to be controlled by your Spirit. That's why speaking in tongues is so important. Like I'm gonna build myself up in the most holy faith. I'm gonna pray in the spirit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna bless the Lord. Today's gonna to be a good day. I call you blessed today. When you put your when you when you put your feet on the floor in the morning, say, devil, you better watch out. I'm coming. I'm up, I'm awake. And today, heaven's going to get populated and hell's going to be plundered because I'm awake. And I've got the Holy Ghost living inside of me. The mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. I want to live in life. We're called Life Church for crying out loud. Life. Jesus came to me to have life in abundance. Life and peace. Peace is awesome. He himself is our peace. You know, we can be governed by peace. We can walk in peace. You know, I was talking to somebody this week on, on a Skype call, and, and, um, and I was talking about just walking in peace. You know, the armor of God is what, one of the pieces of armor we often forget about is the shoes of peace, fitted with the gospel of shoes of peace that we can actually walk around in peace. Isaiah says, blessed are the mountains, on the mountains are the feet of Of those who bring good news. You know, we can walk on the mountains. If we walk... When we were worshipping, the Psalms of Ascent were all about going up. That when we're worshipping God, we're going up. You know, the higher you go, the more you see. You know, your vision is based on your vantage point. If you walk low on the valley, your vision of God will be low. If you're low on the valley, on the mountain, your vision of healing will be low. But the higher you get, the more you see. And suddenly God is, oh my gosh! And then suddenly you're in a valley. But just because you're in a valley doesn't mean you went down the mountain. There's valleys in the mountain as you go up. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because he's with me. And I'm going to keep going and I'm not going to stop. And then when we go into into the mountain peak, when we go into the valley, we take the glory with us. Moses went up a mountain for 40 days, encountered the glory of God and came down to disappointment. He came down to people worshiping under Aaron's leadership a golden calf and he's mad now and he smashes the the uh, the ten those tablets what's my point we can take the glory into the valley and we can change the valley with the glory and then go up again <laughs> amen. amen i am so far off my notes I'm just just talking today. All right, um, thou shalt not build an empire for us. That, that's what we we're talking about: building something for us. We're not trying to build something for us. You know, God spoke to us about not building around a performance, not building around a program, not building around a personality, but re- building around His presence. And that's what we're going to do. I'm nearly going to. I'm nearly done, church. I'm going to finish uh, on time at 12 o'clock. So we've got five minutes left. But you know, ego. Is that five, is it gone? 12. Is it really? Oh my gosh, look at my clock. It says 5 to 12. I'm so sorry. Okay, I'm going to finish. No, I'm going to finish. I'm really, is it really 12.20? Oh my God. I, I promise you it says, look, 6 minutes to 12. This is, this is my, I am really sorry. Everyone's like, no, we'll finish this next week. Everyone's like, really, is he going to go through all 10, a 12.20? No, I'm not. Oh, goodness me. Oh, my God. (laughs) He's he's hungry. All right. So he's looking for worshipers. Um, We're not to build something for ourselves. You know, ego stands for easing God out. You know, I believe as God's people, we need to be careful. And it does happen in the church worldwide where God is nowhere to be found. Because it's become all about us, all about our opinions, all about what we see and we believe. Rather than saying, God, just humble myself before you. It really is all about you. It's all for your glory. It's for your fame. And God, as we love you and we worship you and we intercede and we pray for our leaders, we pray for those in authority, we pray for our presidents. God, we just suddenly, as we, we will start to encounter him and it will bring us to our knees in that place of just encounter with God, that suddenly we start to see things differently. (laughs) It's interesting, even with Jesus, you look for the the speck in your brother's eye while you have a plank in your own. So if if we start looking at ourselves and say, God, forgive me, suddenly he touches our heart and love comes out. And suddenly you look at people differently. And suddenly when you realize there's a plank of wood in your own eye, but now you can, it says, Jesus says, you can see clearly now to see a speck in your other's, brother's eye. Well, well, now suddenly you're seeing clearly. And what do you see? It's a speck. Well, I, you know what they did. Maybe let's self-examine first. <laughs> Self-assess. Let's look at me. And that comes with an intimate relationship with the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. I'm going to pray. Church, I really am sorry. I will get myself a new battery. Father, thank you. Just put your hands up, will you? Father, thank you so much for this wonderful church family. Lord, I thank you that you have given us an authentic vision. Lord, thank you for the seed of destiny you've planted in this city. God, I thank you that we are a part of the big picture of your doing in the Fox Valley. Lord, we are just a part of it. And God, we just thank you for all the other expressions, all the other churches that are doing such an amazing job. At extending your kingdom, at preaching your gospel, God we just thank you for them, and Lord, God, we just say to you this morning lord here 's our life again here 's our life afresh, Lord, forgive us, where our attitude has been wrong, where we've just we 've got a bee in our bonnet about something that was just not that important, where we 've not really honored you first, where we 've gone beyond our limits, or we 've not allowed us, you to extend our limits. God, we just, we, just, we ask that you would just forgive us, Lord, for, for where we've allowed anxiety and worry to stop us breaking those limits. And God, we just, we cast our cares on you today. Say, Lord, we thank you. Lord, for those, for those who just got stuff, you just junk, just want to encourage you, you got junk you need, just give it to the Lord who already knows. 1 John 1 9 says, If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just. Just confess it to him. Just say, God, here I am again. And I give you all my junk. I've messed up. I've done this. I've done that. I've thought this. I've thought that. And I just give it all to you. I'm not going to be governed by anxiety and worry. But Lord, I give it to you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. Love you, church. Have an amazing week. And we'll see you next weekend.